Hello and welcome to the DC Night Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, James Graham. I'm Sarah Kalassi. And I'm Ken Ackerson. This is episode 23. Let's start the show. Welcome, Sarah and Ken, back to the show yet again. How are you guys doing? Hey, James, doing great. Thanks for having us back on. Yeah, thanks, James. I've uh, been doing well. Been, uh, you know, hanging out, watching DC. Yeah, uh, we're in the midst of a break at the moment. How, how we, how are we coping with this break? Because I'm, I'm not doing so well. I want some MLS back. Yeah, it's a bit boring, isn't it? I don't really know what's going on. My social media life is dead. Yeah, I mean, I got to watch the U.S. beat Canada or uh, Cuba 7-0, so that was kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I did actually um, watch the highlights on that earlier on today. Um, it seemed a bit of a walkover, um, especially the first half. Yeah, it was pretty good. Paul got on and and uh, had an injury scare, but other than that, it was uh, pretty pretty fun to watch. I'm definitely all for us having these matches, but Paul cannot get hurt. We have playoffs. So, Paul, if you're listening, please be healthy. We need you. We do. We desperately do. Um, We will be talking about the playoff run later on in the show. But before we kick into the whole entire episode, um, I just want to talk about some things that I've launched with um, the Spot Groups members. Um, It is the end of season awards. Um, You guys will have seen it, won't you, Um, Sarah and Ken? Have you voted on the end of season awards? Oh, my goodness. I need to get my vote on. I've been analyzing the list and it's we actually are pretty well represented across all the categories. So I'm very excited. And then there's there's the D.C. United Kingdom end of season awards as well, isn't there, Sarah? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I I haven't yet. Oh, no way. My guest hosts haven't voted. So hopefully if you're listening and you are one of the members, you have vote because there's been plenty of votes coming in. Um, Just to kind of give you a rundown. um, So if you're not a member, head over to dcnightkingdom.com forward slash membership, become a member. I'll send you the link to the end of season awards. Um, But the kind of categories we've got going on there. So we've got goalkeeper of the year. We've got defender. We've got midfielder and we've got forward of the year. We've got the choice on the MVP, so your most valuable player. Um, One of my little favourite awards, the Unsung Hero of the Year, and the Young MVP Award. In terms of who's um, in the running, um, in the Unsung Hero Award, it is tied at the moment between Fred Brion and Junior Moreno. Ooh. Okay, so James, I have a serious question with this. Yeah, go for it. Because you know me, I have a hard time. I'm very superstitious about voting, about any of these sort of things, making match predictions. Are you tracking who's voting for what? And are you going to judge us based on our votes? No, there is zero tracking. Um, Basically, I've asked for people just to only vote for once. um, But yes, there is zero tracking on this. So you won't be judged at all. Um, except uh, my own votes, which I know who I voted for, um, but I will not reveal that just yet. Is goalkeeper of the year even a question? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give it away, but I think 
if you're listening, you could probably guess. But the the defender of the one is quite um, it's also a close call. There's like I think there's only two votes in it at the moment. Midfielder um, is a bit of a one horse race at the moment, but forward of the year is also a tie. So it's all to play for. Um, so get your votes in and let's see who wins the end of the season awards. I will be revealing the results on the end of season show. So that will be after the playoffs are finished. I don't want to be doing that beforehand. So we'll find out then. So you guys, will you be voting soon? Oh, I think yes. so. Cool. That's the answer I was looking for. Um, right. So let's kick off the show. Um, we've got a couple of games to kind of go through because it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show. Um, we've got that game against the Red, the Red Bulls. Um, I was going to call them a different name, but, you know, I am. Um, being political and I'm being correct on this. So the Red Bull New York, we tied with them nil nil. Um, Ken, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, I was there. It was uh, pretty well representative uh, uh, for for DC. Um, there was I think over 100 DC supporters there. Um, I thought we were pretty loud, uh, and it was a really good time. And having it, it sounds bizarre to me because I'm still not used to the the road games and how many supporters go to them because obviously it's a big distance. Here in the UK, you usually have two, three thousand as a minimum represented. So having a hundred, that's a good represent representation, is it? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think uh, when when uh, we had the NYCFC game in the beginning of the year, there was like, I don't I don't know exact numbers, but uh, it felt like maybe twenty or thirty percent less. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a pretty decent representation. I mean, I th- I think it was a little more than a hundred. Uh, probably more like one ten, one twenty, one thirty. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty good and and that's just the people that i saw in the supporter section i'm sure there was uh, more dc fans around though oh that's good um there was obviously a few key points from that game and some really good stuff from dc point of view um sarah what did you make of bill bill hamid save in the 62nd minute i believe where he saved it over to his right oh that was just like the most brilliant save <laughs> absolutely i believe that was from caceres right yes it was Oh my gosh. I just remember, so I was actually at a local watch party. I wasn't able to get up to New York and I was watching that. And I know I just like got up on my feet. Of course, me being the lone DC United crazy person <laughs> at the bar, but you know, it's okay. It was fantastic. And then that nice Briant header, it was brilliant. Oh, <laughs> you didn't. Oh, I no. have to. He's oh, been no. just having such an incredible season I was disappointed with the draw I don't know how you both feel it was great we kept our one point lead but I just really wanted to go up there and kind of stick it to the Red Bulls and Um, I'm kind of not too disappointed in the fact that we got a tie there mainly because that they needed the win a hell of a lot more than we did um it was great that we got another clean sheet so that was that was our fourth in a row at that time um we could we had chances to win the game um but i think ben's primary objective was to keep that clean sheet and to come away with at least a tie um ken what did you make of it yeah i mean i i wasn't terribly disappointed in the draw i mean I was really just glad that we didn't lose, um, honestly, uh, because, you know, it, they did need the win a little bit more than us. And also, yeah, they're our rivals, obviously. So I was just happy that they couldn't, like, gloat that they won uh, again, I guess, this season. So, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to win that game. It was very – I felt like – well, like, not 
too many chances were created overall, like for, for both sides combined, but it felt relatively intense. And, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it seemed like a very hard game to have to compete in. Yeah, absolutely. I've got actually a couple of um, fans of the show who've tweeted it. Well, one's tweeted and one sent a voice message in. Um, so a guy called Aaron, um, who if you want to find him and follow him on Twitter, it's Aaron, at Aaron um, and he tweeted in that he thought the the game was scrappy. Um, DC looked good for the first half an hour. Um, the X Metros, <laughs> I love that. Um, they were better over the last hour. Um, it was a good roll point for DC, and we need to um, thank that. Be thankful that we've got Bill Hamid, which I totally agree with all of that. Um, do you guys agree? I think we should always be thankful we have Bill Hamid. <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Bill Hamid, uh, yeah, I mean, that one save was amazing. But, I mean, this season, uh, he's really definitely kept us in the playoff picture and probably saved a few jobs there in the, in the coaching staff. He has been absolutely wonderful all season. So, yes, thank thank you, Bill, for being being Bill. Be like Bill. Um, also, um, as I said, we had a voice message sent in. So I was going to play that now for you guys. Um, and... Let me know your thoughts on this. Hi, James. This is Rithik. I just want to share my thoughts on the Red Bulls game. Just what a dire performance from both teams, really. I mean, it was devoid of any quality. Um, you know, I guess it was a good result in the end. Obviously, Chicago held Toronto to a draw. Um, but if if Toronto won their game, I mean, I would have been extremely infuriated by the fact that we didn't go for a win. Um, man of the match, Bill Hamid, hands down. I mean, that save he made in the second half probably rivaled his save against Zatan in the Galaxy game as his best of the season. Um, credit to Brian as well for his goal line clearance a few minutes earlier. But uh, Wayne Rooney, very poor, and I would have liked to see him come off for, for Acosta like 20, 25 minutes earlier. Um, but in the end, I guess it was a it was a good result. So, um, obviously, you made a couple of points there. Um, one being about Rooney coming off sooner um, for Lucio Acosta, because that did happen late in the game. Um, void of any quality um, and didn't think the game was that entertaining. So, um, Saren, can discuss. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I would call it devoid of any quality um, to, to the point of Rooney not playing that well. I mean, I guess that's true. Um pulling him out 20, 30 minutes earlier. I'm not necessarily sure that would have done anything. I think uh, a lot of the times we, we think these things are very simple. Just swap this player for that player, but I don't know. Like Maybe not even with that example, but <clears throat> maybe like talking about we didn't really go for the win, but I think, I think maybe fans would be even more disappointed if we went for the win and then we ended up losing. Um, so I think to put it in better perspective, I mean... I think it's totally fine that that we we did not just try to go all out for the win and and ended up with a point instead of going all out and then giving up a goal. Uh, So that's kind of my perspective on that. Uh, Yeah, it definitely was a little scrappy. um, But, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily describe it as devoid of quality. (laughs) I think that's kind of – I think that's very harsh for a professional game like that. But, yeah. I would tend to agree with you, Ken, for sure. I mean, of course, I'm always disappointed when DC United doesn't take a win. 
But the positive results, I think, were far greater. We kept the clean sheet. We kept ahead of the Red Bulls. Those are two fantastic things. I mean, Bill Hamid's just having a season. Fred Brown's having a season. They were both fantastic. Pulling Rooney off earlier, perhaps, that's a possibility. Um, but again, these decisions do happen kind of, you know, during the match. And I don't know what decision I would make if I were the coach. And I'm glad I never have to be in that position. <laughs> However, you're thinking they're preparing to go up against Cincinnati. Whose legs are they trying to save? Are they trying to save Acosta's legs, perhaps, for a game that, you know, we had hoped, again, we could win? So, very scrappy game. I think there were many more good points than there were poor points. I mean, that's absolutely fair. And I'm, and I, I would like to say that, um, as I said at the beginning of this little um, review, that the point was a much better point for us than it was for the Red Bulls. And I would imagine um, there would have been someone on that uh, bench that would have been keeping an eye on the results at Toronto um, against Chicago. And the fact that there was no, that they were held to a draw, um, that would have probably played into maybe as the substitutions, how that was done. And obviously looking ahead to, to the game against Cincinnati, um, the, there was some good quality in the game um, in terms of keeping anyway, obviously from Bill Hamid. Um, and our defence as well, um, going forward, um, there was not much in terms of quality from our side of play, but I think that's been the whole thing of the whole season. Um, we haven't been the best going forward, um, but, you know, we got a point and that meant that we were still in fourth um, and the fourth place, that home tie, that destiny was in our hands and we had Cincinnati the worst team in MLS who have considered the most amount of goals ever in MLS in our next game and we were at Audi Field. Um, and then we blew it. Um, so we drew nil-nil against Cincinnati as you, everyone you're listening, you probably know and you're probably sick of hearing about. Um, they were down to nine men. Obviously they had that double sending off um, in the space of two minutes. Um there was no play between it as well. So that's why I'm classing it as a double sending off. We had that goal disallowed um, and we had loads and loads of opportunities, but I want to talk about that double sending off. And firstly, um, the first sending off, um, Sarah, what did you make of that one? So I was at Audi field for that match. And so you're asking what I made of the double sending off of the players the, or just um, the match in general. <laughs> I had the, the first sending off out with the two. So it was so first of all, it was very confusing at first what was going on and for us to even kind of tell from where we were with the play. Um, both sending offs, I would say justified. And then, of course, these guys go down to nine men. So, yeah, I, I'm still frustrated because. That Cincinnati match was one that I was perhaps the most pumped up for all season. And we started with this great show and then things just slowly went downhill from there. So not really great. Um, 
But I really felt like we should have picked something up after that. And I know Sugura had that goal shortly after that was then called back. <laughs> just, yeah, just not a not a good night or afternoon, I guess, for anyone who's a DC United fan. Yeah, um, Ken. So Roland Lamar was sent off as well for violent conduct. Um, what did you make of? Of that's enough. Um, Lamar raised his hand to Felipe Martin's neck. Granted, Martin's went down a bit theatrically, but do you think that was justified like Sarah does? Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter if Felipe even goes down. You, you you can't do that. I mean, yeah, so that was that one to me was way more of a red card than the other one, but I'm fine with both of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And... What did you make of the the game in total? Um, obviously, it was a bit of a frustrating game where we had many attempts on goal. Um, and obviously, they were down to nine men and they were down to nine men for almost 55 minutes. Um, I, I don't know if we had that many chances on goal. I think we had a lot of shots. But um, no, I thought we played pretty poorly um, against nine men against a historically bad MLS team. Uh, we need to have won that game at least, you know, a couple goals, right? Like, that's that's pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, so that was pretty disappointing. Um, and, you know, I, I was pretty upset about it. But, I mean, it could have been worse. We could have lost to them, I guess. But, no, I mean, we, we really wanted that home uh, playoff game. And winning that game, I think, would have assured that, that we uh, were going to be at home. Um, and... That's just kind of a failure on the part of, uh, I guess, the coaching staff and, and the team. Um, but we're still in the playoffs, so it's not a huge deal. Um, but it definitely doesn't give me confidence of our ability to score goals, for sure. I think what was most frustrating was that second half. The first half, okay, it was chippy, it was dramatic. We had the two players sent off. Segura's goal was called back, but then... We go into the second half where a nine-man FC Cincinnati is parking the bus. They went into, I think it was like a 5-3 they went into. And we were just showing all sorts of kind of like inability to get behind their back line. And I mean, their defending was fabulous from that respect. But just the frustration and then the time wasting. And that for me, I think, was even more frustrating I know Bill doesn't often speak to the media after matches he kind of stays in his head and does his own thing and he he spoke with us and he said you know the players were time wasting and he was so he was upset about it and rightfully so and I feel like the referee just definitely lost control of the match in that second half yeah, I for me, I in terms of the refereeing, it was incredibly poor. Um, and especially the problem for me was that he booked um one of their players in the first 15 minutes for yes, it was a hard challenge, but it was the first one that he'd done. Um, and when you set a precedent of booking someone for one one foul, then you're going to get multiple bookings, and then you're going to get sending offs, and it's going to just deteriorate into this foul fest and nobody wants to see that um but he didn't take control of the time waste and i'm just looking at um the stats of the game the first kind of booking for time wasting was in the 85th minute and they'd been time wasting the whole entire half 
and I took a lot of flack on over on Twitter and on Facebook um, for my comments on the amount of time wasting. And that just goes to show that they were doing it and the, it's it's very unsportsmanlike. It's taking games and gamesmanship to a whole new level. We know Quincy likes to get inside people's heads. Um, that's another matter entirely. But time wasting, it's just, it's no one wants to see it. It makes the game boring and it just makes the team look like a bunch of cheats in my head. I'll end um, with you. I've taken a lot of flack too, James, so you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel, um, I mean, I don't know. I, when I saw the game and I the, the game ended, I w- wasn't even thinking about the time wasting. Um, and it kind of disappoints me that Bill would say that to the media and, and kind of kind of make an excuse, honestly. Uh, I feel like that's, to me anyway, that's like a really big excuse. Like you're against a nine-man historically bad MLS team and you're going to talk about the maybe five minutes combined time wasting. I don't know. I mean, you had you had 80 to 90 minutes to, to win. So I don't know. I, I don't feel like that's something that the players should focus on or really even be talking about because they didn't perform. They didn't put the goal in the back, uh, the ball in the back of the net. So I don't know. I, I came out of it with a very different perspective, to be honest. I think what Bill was saying, and he was definitely not making an excuse for the team. That was just one part of what he said. But I think he was just expressing some frustration. And he definitely did do his job that night. So I think if anyone can say something, (laughs) it is Bill. But he definitely did say, okay, you know what? We just need to forget this. And we do need to move on because our next focus is Toronto. But just for him to acknowledge it, he generally does not, you know, come out with anything. So uh, it's, uh, I think it's something that, yes, it's you don't want to be making excuses for, well, what was a, an, a I don't want to say it was a, a, a poor performance because we attacked quite a lot. Um, I think tactically we should have done a lot better in the second half anyway. Um, I feel like we should have had a striker on another one um, and not subbed a striker off um, for a striker, which you had Quincy going off for Ola Kamara. I didn't understand that particular decision. Um, I would have brought a defender off because they had the only player up top at the time was Ledesma. And that was just like, okay, you've got a short man who's not the strongest. He's slightly quick and you're expecting him to hold up the ball and score a goal for, uh, for Cincinnati. I would have expected us to have gone to maybe a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3 formation in the second half, but hey, that's another matter entirely. Yeah, uh, the the one thing that I would say is also that um, I kind of mentioned it before, but we had 32 shots and only three of them were on target. And we also had 15 corners. So I don't know, like (laughs) to me, that screams really, really bad Um, and definitely not something that's going to work in like a playoff game. So I don't know. But then we also had 12 attempts blocked as well, which kind of shows you actually Cincinnati were defending really well as well. So we've got to give some credit to Cincinnati because they defended with their lives. And they've, to be honest, over the last few games, they've not conceded that many goals. I think they've conceded one or two. So they have improved since they've got their new head coach in, um, which is always a worry when you get a new head coach and they usually have a nice honeymoon period. 
But um, we've got to give some credit to Cincinnati for their defensive performance. I give them all the credit in the world. And I think that next season, they're definitely going to be a team that's much more dangerous than they were this season. So I think it's good. Elevating the level of play is good for everyone. To be honest, they couldn't get much worse, could they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and it feels like it's because we have tied against nine men and it was the bottom of the table team. It feels like it's the end of the world right now. Um, But it isn't. We do have um, the playoffs. But before we kind of review our next game, uh, well, sorry, not review, preview the next game against Toronto, I want to kind of reflect on the regular season and kind of find out what's been the best moments and our favorite times of the season because we've had many lows but i want to talk about the highlights because i like to be positive and i like to be optimistic um if you don't mind i'm just going to run through some stats with you guys um about um the regular season so we finished on 50 points um and yes we tied with Toronto and there was only one goal difference between the two of us so it was very very close we won 13 times we had 10 defeats and 11 ties compared to 2018 um we finished on 51 points so we were one point worse off this season we won 14 times last season but we lost 11 times so we actually um got defeated one less time in 2019 and we drew nine times um, last season we had a better goal difference we also scored 60 goals in 2018 where we've only scored 42 times in 2019 um, our road record was incredibly improved this year um, where we got 23 points in 2019 2018 we only got 10 points on the road um, so for you guys as an overall how have you um, made the season um, and do you think it's been, an, well, on paper, it hasn't really been an improvement, but in an overall aspect, do you think we've moved forward in any aspect? Um, no, but, but <laughs> um, uh, I don't think we've really moved backward, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I think we have a lot of fundamental issues that were there last year and that were there even during that big run we had last year. Um Mostly that, you know, I think we were vastly overperforming um, in that run. We, a lot of the, the shots we had, <clears throat> the, the percentage that, of them that went in was unsustainably high. Um, and, and you can kind of track this using expected goals and expected goals against. And, and those are relatively similar this year as they were uh, for last year. And so um, we, we have one of the we're vastly overperforming what the statistics say we should be doing. And so, and even though we are, we only have quote unquote only have 50 points, we're still overperforming what the the models say that we should be doing. So, that kind of concerns me. Um, and I think going into a next season, that we we really need to uh, figure that out in terms of playing style um, and stuff like that. That's a really interesting point that you're making there, Ken, for sure. I feel like if we look back at 2018 and after the arrival of Wayne Rooney, we definitely did end that season on a high note. And of course, all the good was fresh in everyone's mind, the Lutru partnership and all just that incredible making of Audi Field into a fortress. 
And I feel that when we started 2019, we started reasonably strong. We took down Atlanta United in our first match, which is a great signaler of, hey, DC is here and they're not messing around. They're here to win. But as the season's gone on, like you were saying, Ken, a lot of the issues that were there before have come back. I don't necessarily feel that we are in a worse place. Definitely the Rooney Acosta partnership has dropped off and has not been the difference maker it was last season. But we're losing Rooney for sure at the end of the season, possibly losing Acosta. He's been benched and is now a super sub. And I think we've brought on players and developed players that are much more well-rounded now. Segura, for one, has definitely stepped up and stepped into a role. I mean, if we look at our last match, he was the only one that found the back of the net offside or not. So I have to give credit there. Paul Ariola has developed incredibly this season as well. And we've just brought on players that are capable of working at that high work rate that we need. We need to focus on the issues <laughs> that we have with our attack for sure. But I don't think we're necessarily in the worst place. Oh, that's fair. Um, we are in playoffs, which is great to be back in there again um, for, the two, for the second season in a row now. Um, it's where we should always be, really, when you look at our history. But um, at the moment, it does feel like and again, this is mainly down to the fact that we've not scored enough goals this season. It does feel like we're not doing as well as we should be. We've got players, I feel, that could be performing a lot better. There's just not been enough consistency in the forward lineup. Um, and whether that's down to Rodriguez, Rooney, Costa, Ariola, Segura, um, Steeper at the start of the season when he played that t- two times, um, they've just not been good enough at all. Um, and it's, I feel the ter- the main the turning point for that attack going downhill was that PSG deal with Acosta mm-hmm. and falling through. I even though that was before the season had begun, I feel like that's where it's kind of dropped off. Um, and you, we spoke about it many times on this podcast already this season um, uh, about Acosta's head being turned. But I do feel like that's been the main turning point of our year yeah I mean I think honestly like I I think yeah the players haven't done enough but I I really don't think that they've been set up uh for success um and kind of goes back to the style of play and um even like patterns of play and stuff that I don't know if their discs don't exist and people are just winging it or it's they're just not good (laughs) but um, it's even hard to even really analyze it because because the games are very much um you don't really see see them uh consistently but yeah i mean i don't know i I think we're definitely not in a worse place but we i I think we started out in not a great place and we're still in a not a great place in my opinion um and so i yeah yeah um and do you think that the well just one thing that just popped into my head actually is um the amount of injuries that we've had this season, do you think that's actually had an effect on our performance throughout the season? I don't necessarily know if the injuries have had a a major effect. I think Ken really, he kind of hit the nail on the head with the consistency. 
and just not enough consistent play. My question to both of you, though, would be because I'm just stumped, like what would be the difference maker for DC United that could kind of snap us out of the funk we've been in? A good coach. Fair. Um, I would go for um, we need we need some, we need a bit of flair. Um, but then again, that I would say a bit more passion as well. And that comes down to the coach at the end of the day. Um, he's the one who needs to instill that confidence in the team. He's the one who needs to get that team talk to get the team rattled up, ready for the game. Um, and I want to see a bit more consistency in the style of play. And I think with, and for me, I think the injuries have caused a bit of an issue throughout the season, because if you look at it, our formation under Ben Olsen is 4-2-3-1. When we started running out of fullbacks, we had to re- change our formation, our style of play. So that has made our team go, actually, this is completely new now. Um, we need to change it the way we work. We need to change our pattern of play. We had to go to three centre backs, which um, I'm not. You don't see that often in any league, really. Um, and I feel like again, injuries would have caused that. But again, that's down to the coach. To uh, I've got the team prepared for any eventuality. Um, so he should have been aware that we this could have been a possibility and you should have had a plan B and a plan C and a plan D and a plan E and so on and so forth. A hundred percent on that. And kind of my major complaint the entire season is that players have not consistently had enough minutes on the field. So when they are subbed in, they're able to seamlessly join up with the team and make a difference or they're subbed in too late. So are you think, talking about the 87th minute substitutions by Ben Olsen? <laughs> I might be. I, I might be. But just the fact that I feel, too, when you substitute someone in in the 87th minute or in the 90th minute and you give them maybe that five minutes, in my opinion, and again, this is not putting anything on Ben Olsen because I'm not in his head. Maybe Quincy is in his head. I am not in his head. But... It signals distrust to me when you're just giving someone those few minutes. And, okay, maybe they're a huge difference maker, but five minutes generally just isn't enough. They need 20 minutes or 15 minutes to get in there, link up with the team, and make a difference. So that, to me, is another kind of issue (laughs) altogether, but... I totally agree with that. Um, and I think, again, we might have spoken about it on previous podcasts. Um, I might have spoken on when I've been on my own. Um, but the substitutions, when they come in at the 87th minute, they're just, they are pointless. Um, the only reason I would have a substitution after 80th minute is if there's an injury. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I would have it. Um, there's just no need. You've not got enough time to make an impact on the game. The only time you're going to make an impact on the game if you're coming in that late is if your first touch goes into the back of the net. Absolutely. Ken, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty well known that statistically when you sub earlier that you're more likely to win games. And so I don't know if... I don't know. I mean, I I assume that they have uh, data scientists and stuff. Um, 
and I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they need to sub more and more frequently and uh, sooner. Um, I, I would be curious to see how many minutes substitutes got uh, for all the teams in the league and see where we ranked. But my guess is would be in the probably the bottom one percent, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> which I guess would be just be last. But yeah, um, yeah. so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. I don't necessarily know if um, it's the worst thing ever to sub someone in, even if they don't make an impact. I don't I don't really know. But really, like if we're down and, and you needed to do something uh, that needed to happen uh the 60th 70th or earlier uh minute so yeah um should we move on to some highlights some positive notes i love yes. it yes yes i love it sure. let's do it i'm getting right. sad over here <laughs> so um again this is over over the regular season um ken i'm going to ask you this one first what has been your game of the season oh geez um Wow. Uh, probably, uh, I think it was that, um, honestly, my favorite game to watch was uh, against RSL in the beginning of the year. <laughs> I think we beat them like five to zero or something. <laughs> and uh, I think they had multiple red cards. Um, that was probably my favorite game to watch. Uh, so yeah. I'll put that as my game of the season, even though it seems kind of boring, I guess. Sarah? <laughs> Um, game of the season for me would definitely be the season opener between DC United and Atlanta United, just based on the sheer amount of hope that that match gave me and also just the tenacity and the fire that the players brought to that match. It was it was a feel good match for sure, even though I couldn't feel my toes because it was so cold out. <laughs> If I remember rightly, that was an absolute um, bit of a washout as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was freezing and it was raining. <laughs> and yeah. I think for me, my game of the season um, is going to be the game against Seattle Sounders. Ooh. Because the crowd were phenomenal in that game. <laughs> um, from, obviously, from my point of view, um, it's when I'm watching it on TV, that's what I can obviously feed off on um so for me that was the game of the season um but me being at the ground um back on in april um that was actually that's going to be another moment so i'll talk about that in a second um but yeah seattle sounders my favorite game of the season because we played really well in that game as well we played with a lot of passion the crowd were phenomenal and i enjoyed it um i'm going to ask you this one first sarah um so the next bit Goal of the season. Oh, no contest. That Wayne Rooney own half goal against Orlando City, for sure. That was just a banger. <laughs> Ken, do yeah. I need to ask you? Well, okay, so definitely that one. But <laughs> the other goal that I would say was really impressive was that TT Rodriguez won off the corner. Oh, yes. oh that was so. Great. Yeah, so just to, but yeah, the win running was obviously goal of like uh, the year, but that that Lucas Rodriguez one was, at that time, I thought was going to be up there uh, as the goal of the year for a while. Can I also mention the Wayne Rooney goal against Orlando, in Orlando? <laughs> oh free my kick. gosh, yeah. yes. That, so that was that one as well, so we've had 
quite a few good goals. That's what I Every time we play against Orlando and Wayne Rooney just does something incredible. He's just, it's, I don't know what it is about him and that team, but it just brings out the best in him. Um, I also want to mention another goal. Um, the first goal for Ola Kamara against the Red Bulls. Oh, that was beautiful. That was a lovely little curler into the top corner as well. Oh, that was gorgeous. So, but I'm going to, the goal of the season has got to be the Wayne Rooney goal from his own half. I think we were all in agreement on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the goal of the season for sure. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't voted um, on the MLS Soccer website, get on there and vote for that goal. because Right now. <laughs> do it. Pause the podcast, load up the website, and just vote. I will allow you to do that. <laughs> so do it. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, so the kind of the last bit of the regular season reflection, as I'm going to call it, is your favourite moment of the season. Um, this can be anything. Um, just things in my head is obviously things like the return of Chris Adoyach, Sam, um, Paul Ariola's goal celebration where he took his shoe off and was calling his dad Sam in the heavens above. Um, but there's many, many moments of the season. Um, Ken, what has been your favorite moments of oh, 2019? Geez. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Um, there's been a lot. Um, I would say... Jeez. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot here, Emma. <laughs> yeah, this one's very <laughs> difficult. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's been a lot. I would say, I guess from recent memory, um, the TIFO from, from uh, the latest game was, was a pretty big moment for me i think i thought that was pretty cool um uh, i think a lot of that stuff is that recently has been pretty pretty awesome i don't know about moment of the season but i thought that that one was uh, a highlight for me of the season but i don't know of of a good moment for the whole season oh man there's just so many beautiful moments and funny moments and exciting moments uh quincy Messing with Slayton was definitely <laughs> up there on my top funny moments. Um, also, when Robert Gillespie came back and saw Audi Field for the first time, and there was this moment where Ben Olsen was giving him a hug after the match because they're old friends, and that was just incredibly emotional and just kind of a historic moment for sure um Bedoya from Philadelphia taking the field level mic to protest gun violence in the United States just so many moments that were really powerful and historic moments yeah absolutely that's I mean there, there's some that I hadn't even remembered about of um especially the Bedoya one there I completely that completely slipped uh, completely slipped my mind um i think for me um the the areola celebration was kind of one of those big moments um personally um me going back to audi field on my birthday um Aww. and being in the supporters section um that was fantastic um but my biggest moment of the season is launching this podcast and making so many friends throughout it, interviewing so many people. It's just been, sorry, I'm actually tearing up. Um, it's been an absolute fantastic 
2019 for me. Um, I've one, learned a lot about myself um, doing this show. I've met you guys. Um, you've been fantastic. The fact that I've been able to interview the likes of Quincy, Steve Birnbaum, Fred Brion, um, going back to Audi Fields, uh, meeting up with um, Dave, who was my first guest on the show, speaking to Rory, Dave, Johnson. Um, it's just been an absolute fantastic 2019. So I can't really nail a moment of the season for me personally. It's just been a fantastic 2019. Oh, James. And you're going to have a little baby. Yeah, and, and and it's not just a little baby. It's a little baby boy. Eee, so excited. Future DC United player. I mean, obviously, he can do whatever he wants, but as long as he plays for DC United. <laughs> that's it. That, that, that is the goal. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously been a huge part. And obviously, that will be the biggest thing that's happened to me this year, bar none. But yeah, uh, little baby boy is on his way. Um, he he is due at the end of February. Um, so he will be seeing the 2020 season. Yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah. Just in time for the season. <laughs> yeah, he will be there, hopefully watching the uh, the opener um, alongside me whilst I'll be up at what whatever time o'clock in the morning it is um, when he's needing a feed or whatever. But yeah. Oh, he'll be up with you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And. I'm just, I'm also thankful that I've got the first 14 weeks off of his birth as well. That's going to be unbelievable. So many, many happy memories to make in 2020. Um, just before we kick on to the second half of the show, we're just going to head off to a little break. So we'll be back in a minute or two. Um, so stay tuned. We will be back shortly. We are back. Um, that song you've just heard there, that is um, done by Snake City and it's called Underwater. And right now, that is actually one of my favourite songs of the moment. I've been listening to it many, many times. So hit up the show notes, click through. You can get it on iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Um, it's on Spotify. Um, give it a listen, give it a download, give it a purchase. It. It's an absolute fantastic tune. 
Um, the second half of the show, we're going to be concentrating on um, a, the match preview against Toronto. So we're going on to the playoffs now and the postseason. So obviously we've qualified for the playoffs. Uh, it's a bit of a road game. Um, firstly, are we better playing away from Audi Field going into this game? Or do you think we would have been better being at home? a tough one so our road record has been phenomenal but there's just something about Toronto and going to Toronto I know Nick DeLeon's up there and I'm sure he's waiting for DC United to get there and he also he had that that one goal down at Audi Field that I know he had marked his calendar for that match so I don't know they're a dangerous dangerous team so we're gonna see yeah, I think uh, I think we would have been better off at home. Uh, I think playoffs are a little bit different, more intense. Uh, that support could be the little extra edge, especially when you're literally playing for your life and not just, oh yeah, we'll make the playoffs in a little bit better of a spot, uh, you know. So um, yeah, I wish we had been at Audi Field, um, but you know, Toronto, they're a really good team. They started out the year really, really strong. Um, and then they kind of didn't do so well for a while, and then they kind of started to kick back into gear. So, yeah, I mean, we don't know if Josie Altador will play. He seems to be a little hurt. Um, they have, I think, um, yeah, De Leon's there. So that, <laughs> that'll that be interesting, especially considering the playoff game last year uh, that we lost on. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, that game that we had at BMO earlier on in the season where Bill Hamid broke a record. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, can we use that as any benchmark going into this game, do you reckon? Or because it was such a long time ago, we just need to forget about that game and start afresh on this new one? Um, I hope we don't. I mean, I hope Bill Hamid doesn't have to break any records this time. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be really nice. It would be nice, yes. It'd be nice for one part of the season that doesn't involve Bill Hamid having to be like uh, a titan of goalkeepers. Um, even though we know he's capable, it might be nice for, for the rest of the team to give him a little break. But no, yeah, I mean, we, we really, really sat back in that game and that was intense so i'm hoping that we don't necessarily go that far uh back but i mean you know i don't know if i remember right in that game we were down to 10 men as well because um i remember i remember akeem ward having to come off earlier on in the game and I, who was it rooney who got sent off in that game or was it somebody else i think I it might have been areola was that the game he stomped on that guy no, that was the yeah. Dynamo game, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was the Dynamo. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm, I'm certain we were down to 10 men. Um, let me just bring that game up. Pasta. That match was just dodgeball. It, 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 for poor Bill Hamid. Honestly, Bill, if you ever want to, like, form a dodgeball team, like, can, <laughs> can I be on your team? I don't ever want to play against you, but I think we could have some fun. It was, he's just an unbelievable keeper. And again, how he's still not in that US men's team is just, I don't know. Um, My mind yeah. is blown over that still. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. I was still trying to find it. I don't think we were actually down to 10 men. I don't believe we were, but I know uh, that a 
my Ro- gosh. Rooney wasn't playing. Um, Quincy That's made his, made his uh, first start for the club. Uh, and so did uh, Akeem Ward. Uh, yeah, we were just defensive. I wonder if that's what it was. Wasn't that one of the first matches that Rooney hadn't started? I believe so, actually. Yeah, that that would uh, make sense. And the only other time I know he didn't start was um, on the game against Montreal when we were playing at Audi Field because that was the game I went to and uh, he got sent off and against LAFC. I was uh, really annoyed about that one. I would have been oh, annoyed Oh, yeah, too. that LAFC game. I forgot about that. Yeah, we, oh we, we all forget about that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, we can't... That was painful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about that. No, we're going to leave that one. Um, but yeah, so that game we can't really use as a benchmark. Uh, we don't want Bill Hamid to do his heroic yet again. Um, they Toronto are on a hell of a run at the moment. Um, I think they're unbeaten in 10, if I remember rightly. Um, what's going to be the key for us to actually get this win at BMO this time around? Shots on target. Yep, that does help. <laughs> we Making have it. a oh, killer sorry, defense. Oh, sorry, Ken. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we definitely have our defensive piece down. We just need to get our attacking piece and the accuracy there. Yeah, totally. I think another key is going to be utilizing set pieces. Um, we have been a pretty good set piece team, uh, tradi- like uh, this year, but not not so much necessarily recently. I mean, I mentioned in our last game we had 15 corner uh, corner kicks, but we didn't really utilize them, um, and that's a lot of corner kicks. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, making like using those uh, as a uh, as a way to to create pretty good chances, uh, I think is a skill of ours, um, and I think we need to use that. Uh, so that would be my key to the game is to yeah be good on set pieces absolutely fair um the wayne rooney um he's obviously going to be returning um in your eyes guys would you start him in this game yes yes (laughs) yeah yes but not an immediate yes because he's not been playing well at all um since he's announced his move to derby county um I'd be, if Kamara's fully fit, I'd be starting him um, instead of Wayne Rooney because Kamara's already shown that he can put the ball in the back of the net, whilst Wayne Rooney hasn't scored since July. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, yeah, again, like I said, it's not an immediate for me. I think Rooney is someone who, um, I don't know, it seems like he would be able to perform in these in these games. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd really like... I'd really like him to come out and again, like I said, on set pieces for our team, no one's better on them than Rooney, right? Those free kicks that he's been able to get in, and so that's really where like I look at it. I'm like that could be the difference maker, and we've seen that a couple times this season where the, like one uh, one or two Rooney free kicks turns into one or two goals. So yeah, I mean it's it's hard for me to pass that kind of thing uh, like over. So I don't know. I think just looking at the playoff format, right? So we're going to go into this first match. And correct me if I'm wrong. So if we lose, we're knocked out, correct? Correct. Correct. So my way of thinking, 
because the way to win is to score goals in this scenario. We can't just get away with a draw. We can't do it. It's not going to happen. Well, if we got the penalties. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I don't want to do that. (laughs) But so, but so James, this still involves us scoring goals at some point during the match, correct? That's true. Yes. So Uh, I would say in my, in my crazy bit of strategy, put on whoever can score goals. (laughs) I mean, that, that's totally fair. Um, because really, sitting back and parking the bus is not going to do us very much good in this scenario. No, um, but the one thing I would say, this is a time for Ben Olsen to use Benny Ball. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, but if you think about it, we get that sneaky goal. We've got that heck of a defense. We know we can keep him out. And all he needs to win, this, win a playoff tie is just one goal. That's... Yeah. That's how I see it. Is that's what they will do? Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. and we've been the kings of doing that. When we've gone into the lead, we've not got beat or draw or drawn from what I remember. So if we go in the lead, we've won. So who can score the earliest goal possible? I'm gonna need to like look at our statistics from all of our past match- matches and figure this out who has the greatest probability. So I'll get back to you guys on that. I'd send, send a tweet out on that one. Yeah, I need to do a deep dive into this because now I'm curious. But yeah, that, that's that's how I'm seeing the whole player format. You've got you've got the likes of LAFC who've banged in goals left, right and centre for fun. But they could also concede quite a few as well, which I've noticed this season. So they've not been the best defensively. It's it's not about how many goals you can score. It's about out just getting that one goal um, and yeah, outscoring your opponent obviously to win. But if you can keep a hold of that lead, you've you've done the trick and you've you've won the game and you're through to the next round. So I think this could play into our hands and the way we play soccer. Um, nearly said the f word. Um, <laughs> and the way we play our soccer, it it could be great for us actually the playoff format and. I I think we might do it. And that's just me being so optimistic again. They, I like they, it. They're definitely going to do a counterattacking. Uh, yeah, that, that's what they're they're going to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of risky. I mean, our defense is really, really, really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to be taking a record-breaking amount of shots, it's very unlikely unlikely you make it out alive. Um, so yeah, yeah. I I think we need our paciest players for this game as well because they're again from the previous game um, and speaking into people who were fans of Toronto um, previously as well. Um, they don't have the quickest wingers, so we'll need Ariola on the wing for this game. I would say rather than being behind Wayne Rooney or whoever's the striker in this game. So unfortunately, it would mean sitting out Segura. Um, in this particular one and potentially bringing the Costa back um, into this game because you know he can he can unlock a defense very easily um, as long as his head's in the right place um, that's how I would have it start everyone else would stay the same um, in terms of the lineup um, keep Canals at right back because he's been a revelation there 
Um, oh my gosh, he's been fabulous there. Yeah, can, can we just take a moment just to appreciate Knauser right back? Because, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic since he started there. And we've not conceded since he's moved there. It's been pretty fabulous. So here's my question. So if Kamara is fit, mm-hmm. do we move Rooney back to the 10 and put Kamara up top? Or do we keep Rooney up top and put Acosta at the 10 where he always plays? That's that's a... a... I, I would do none of those because... <laughs> What do we do, Ken? I think those are options. I don't think Acosta is going to see the see. Uh, he's not going to start. I don't think. Um, so I think he's kind of ruled out. Um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to keep Ariola in that center uh, uh, position, and and they're going to keep TT and Segura on on those wings, um, and they're going to put Rooney in as the striker. And I think if they're going to counterattack, they're going to use Ariola to 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 lead those and not obviously not Rooney um, necessarily unless he's just holding the ball up. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we can afford to have Acosta in the, in the lineup really for a playoff game when we really need to focus on defending and not letting a goal in. Um, he's a huge, huge, huge defensive liability and him versus Areola in that spot is just such a big difference in terms of like energy uh, and speed. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see Acosta really, coming in there fair enough i am i can totally get that point of view um can i just bring in one of our listeners into into this right now in terms of the talk of the toronto game our good friend rithik patel has uh sent in a voice message um i'm just gonna play this and he has got a couple of questions in there so obviously it's related to this game so let's just listen to rithik and see what he's got to say Hi guys, um, I want to know your thoughts on um, whether you think the media is underestimating our chances against um, Toronto. I sort of feel like it's a blessing in disguise that we got the away playoff game. Um, you know, we've been very inconsistent at home this season. Uh, we've, pro- we've produced great performances like against RSL and Seattle, but then we've also you know, produce crap performances like against Cincinnati. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I, uh, in a way, I wish we had the home playoff games just to experience a packed Audi field with excellent atmosphere. But um, we've been, you know, very hard to play against away from home this season as well. Um, and also, you know, there's the possibility of Josie Altador not starting for them. So I feel like we, we do have a chance of, of beating Toronto. Um. So the media, um, I've not seen, obviously seen much about the media because in the UK, it's not the playoffs weekend just yet. So there's not much hype about it just yet. So over in the States, this is a guy, kind of a question for you guys. Um, how, how has the media been playing out for this playoff run? Um, and have they been downplaying our chances? And is that, a good thing for us um yeah i mean i've definitely i mean i when i hear people predicting who's gonna win i never have heard dc really um so yeah i mean i don't think they're underestimating us because i think that's a perfect estimation of where we are to be honest so i would say that people don't see us winning but i think that that's a reasonable take to have from the outside i'd have to be with you on that ken um yeah i definitely have not seen a lot of 
prediction of DC United being the kind of go ahead for the win. I also, though, have seen a lot in the media of, okay, DC's away form is better. And the question of Josie Altidore playing, although I am hearing that he may be better for that match. So that's, it's going to be a wait and see for sure. In the one-off ties, you can't, I don't think you can really predict who will win because it's a game which should hopefully bring out all-out attack um, because you're obviously going to want to win the game and to win the game, as you already said, Sarah. You need to score goals. Um, and the only way you can score goals is by attacking and hitting the target unless you get a lucky deflection off a Toronto defender and it goes in the back of the net. Um <laughs> Like I said, it's not. I've not seen anything over here. So UK press coverage of the MLS playoffs has been pretty much nil. Um, but I expect going into this coming week, um, and especially going into Thursday, Friday time, I will expect to see quite a bit on there. Um, hopefully, it's going to be widely on TV as well, because um, that would be awesome to see games on there. Um, and I have just loaded up um, what is live on Sky Sports, the main broadcast over here. We have got many games on TV. Um, you've got the Atlanta game, you've got the Seattle game, and you've got our game all on Sky Sports, which is fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, that's absolutely awesome. All three East, um, Eastern Conference and all three Western Conference games as well. Wow, so, that's better than here. <laughs> I see. So, all on the same channel as well so you don't need to flick around or anything so if you're listening um and you are a fan of another team well welcome to the show um come over to the literally the dark side the black and red side um but literally if you're in the uk it's all on sky sports football um it's fantastic so the coverage over here in the uk for for mls is being phenomenal um it's pretty much every single game. No, actually, every single game is accessible in one way or another. So whether it's through Sky Sports or whether it's through Premier Sports or Free Sports or through one of the betting websites like Bet365 where you can stream the game without the commentary, you can literally watch every single game. Um, and we've got to commend that as well. So the coverage over here in 2019 has been absolutely fantastic. I think you all are almost doing better for coverage than we are in a lot of cases. Well, but, you guys had to deal with Flow FC, didn't you? But Flow FC is done. Yes. I'm Can so we take pleased a moment for you guys. And appreciate I, I know my moment of the season now. That is it. <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, I'm the, so pleased for you guys to not have to deal with Flow FC anymore because that was just... That was a joke, um, and that's putting it nicely. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I feel, uh, I felt bad because it was so obvious that DC was shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, bars couldn't get it working. Uh, people just didn't want to, didn't want it. People were not doing it. People were not watching. So, I mean, I felt bad for the team. Like it's like, it's like self-destructive behavior by the team, honestly. So, I'm glad it's done. That that they've turned course. I'm so thrilled, and I just want to see, you know, Dave Johnson, Devin McTavish stay on board. That's all I want. But Flo, bye. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget Joanna as well, because she's bye. been 
pretty good on the on the old uh, commentary as well, hasn't she? I love Joe so much. She's brilliant, and the way she sees the game is incredible. She's really great to watch. I hope she's on a lot more. So we're coming up to kind of the end parts of the show. Um, so it's the second to last part of the show. So we've still got one more bit after this. So it's not quite the full end. Um, it's a section which is new to the show. Um, and I've got to thank my wife for this one because um, she mentioned it to me. And I thought, you know what, that's actually a really good idea. So it's a section called Unpopular Opinions. Um and it's kind of I've I've asked for um, some unpopular opinions out there. Um, I've not had any sent through to myself, but Sarah, um, I understand you have. I mean, I, I would probably say it's a popular opinion, but it's an unpopular situation. I would rather say. Ooh, that's a good way to describe it, James, for sure. So I guess my unpopular opinion slash unpopular situation is. Can we please stop ripping on players and coaches personally and attacking them personally? If you want to say something about their performance, great. But the amount of just absolutely garbage things that I've seen on social media personally targeting players and coaches, it's gross. You just make yourself look dumb. Please stop saying these things. Critique their performance. You'll look a lot smarter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I don't think it's just from um, a DC United point of view either. It's a worldwide thing um, because there's been a lot of coverage in the press over here anyway mm-hmm. about people being being racist and things like that. And it's just like, no, that's not cool. You don't you don't make yourself look big or clever. You look like a bit of a I'm going to have to put a beep in there. Um, it's just it's not right it's you just look at you you're a keyboard warrior would you say that to that person's face and not even on the pitch um i've heard people shout hell abuse of players that's kind of part and parcel i still don't agree with it but it's uh, on social media no come on get a grip get over yourselves as sarah said critique their performance don't critique the person please Especially if you're not going to use your real name and you're hiding behind an avatar, you're a coward. Yeah. Ken, any opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm tired of it too. It's extremely toxic. And I don't know, like, if that's just going to be your thing, then just get out of the community. Yeah, absolutely on board with that. Um, Hopefully on the next show, we'll have some more unpopular opinions, whether it's funny ones, whether it's something serious um something that we just need to get off our chests um we'll talk about that on the next show um we're coming up to the final part um guys do you want to do the tweeted questions or the voice questions first oh we get a choice i don't know maybe we'll (laughs) the tweeted questions because the the voice recorded ones are like even 10 times I don't know, funnier or I don't know. It's great just to have people kind of come on the show. Up sure. to you, James. Your show, not ours. Oh, well, you're, you're my guests, after all. Um, yeah, let's do the tw- let's do the tweeted ones. So first up is Zach. Um, you will find him at PP Hull City because he's a Hull City fan in the USA. Um, do you guys have you ever come across Hull City Football Club? Yeah, I know of Hull City. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a, they're not they're not a huge team, so fair play for supporting them in the states. Um, his first thing is he asks, how about Olsen out? Uh, team is stagnant with him at the helm. Um, we've kind of covered this off already on the show. Um, it's it's getting to the point where yes, we are a little bit stagnant, and we've talked about how we've gone from 2018 to 2019, um, and we've not really moved anywhere. We've become stagnant, as you as you rightly said there. Um, it's it's because again, and we've spoke about it on the show before, where he's a great guy, and we don't really want to see him leave the club um, altogether. But something fresh in the back room, um, I think, is going to be the way forward. Um, whether it's a new assistant coach to help him along, uh, something someone with a bit of experience, um, or whether the change the roles around and Olsen goes up into the front office. Um, I don't want to see Olsen go because he's a legend. Um, but as a head coach, I would I would think a change is about right now. Any thoughts, Sarah and Ken? Um, I definitely agree that you know we'd like to see Ben stay. At- DC United in some capacity, but I think some sort of shakeup would be a good thing. Yeah, I think it's time. I mean, I'm I would be absolutely shocked if they didn't do something uh, after this season, um, unless we win MLS Cup. Honestly, uh, I think that's I think th- I think that you know. The front office is is aware of of the issues and and that we are actually overperforming for what what we're what we're doing here. So I I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious that it's been, it's time. It's probably been time for a while now. Uh, so yeah, I mean I I don't think at this point that it, it can be just switching up the assistant coaches. I think it needs to be a full sweep because um, yeah I don't. I think, yeah, I think it's it's time, unfortunately. Um, just a, a little question to go on from that, from myself anyway. Let's let's put it there. We win the MLS Cup. We 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 come in 2019. November rolls around, and we're celebrating like there's no tomorrow. Does Ben still keep his job, or would you would you still get rid of him? Um. How do we win the cup? What's yeah, the situation? Is it? Uh, we beat the rest of the teams now you know what i mean <laughs> um so again it, well it gets, just gets to the point where we've we've won the eastern conference we're playing lafc in the final we beat them one nil in classic benny fashion but no nobody's truly happy um that we've done it they're happy that we've won the cup and that's another trophy in the cabinet but there's still the signs there that we're still not quite where we should be and we're still stagnant and we've kind of fluked it. No, I, I, I would, I would still say bye. I mean, I don't think that, uh, luck is enough to, to keep, to keep a coaching job at this point. I'm going to say it has to do for me at least with how we would win the playoff matches and how we would win the cup. And if it's, tactical and it's clever and it's not just by chance then maybe there's some room for discussion there but I also am starting to feel like us getting to the playoffs it there was a little while we were nervous about that too so we have to think about it that's true 
That's cool. Um, next question is from Timothy. Um, and if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Medieval Wishes. Um, and I, I think this is a cracking question. He asks, will a DCU post-Rooney be the same as a DCU pre-Rooney? Who wants to answer that one? I'm going to I'm gonna pick Ken. Go, yeah. go answer that one. Yeah, probably. I mean... I don't. I mean, I I don't even see how current Rooney is different than pre Rooney. So I, yeah, probably. I mean, probably. I, I would say there was you know a couple months where I thought the organization had turned around, um, and that a lot of different things had changed and all that stuff. But this year, I mean, I think it's just kind of the same old, same old, right? Like we're able to spend a little bit more money, actually a, d- a decent amount more than we have in a long time, uh, probably because we have our own stadium. Um, and we're getting those revenues, but yeah, I mean, I don't really see te- too terribly much. Uh, I- I'm encouraged by some of the recent efforts um, to show like some of the legacy stuff. That's that's been encouraging, but there really needs to be a, a, a shakeup. I think. I think there's a lot more attention on the club now, for sure. So I think in that aspect, things are going to be different, but. Yeah, we need to we need to change some things for sure. And off the field, I think we've seen this kind of the start of a post Rooney, especially in the social media side of things. They've upped their game massively in the last month or two. Um, hopefully that continues going forward, and they'll keep great creating great content. Um, on the pitch, it it's it does remind me of when. We had Saborio um, and those kind of players where there were middle rank MLS players that weren't great and there was no real proper star player in the side. Um, we need to, I think Kamara could be that star player and Ariola going forward, um, but we need to make some big changes, I think, if we're going to be successful in a uh, post Rooney era. Yeah, I mean, you also look at the the like the value of our squad um, is in like the top five teams in MLS, and we're the fifth just in our conference. Like it's it's very weird, and and we're we're not doing as well as we should be doing. So I I don't even think with all these like bringing in another top level player isn't going to solve anything, um, and bringing in Rooney didn't solve anything. I mean, it's great that he got a lot more global recognition for us and and we have a lot more fans i guess maybe um but i mean the damage that flow has done even just by just itself has probably more than offset any benefit to be quite honest uh in the area you need it the most you don't need fans everywhere if you can't even show the games to your fans within two miles of the stadium yeah True point there. True point there. I think we did a lot of ruling out casual new fans this season with the flow deal, so that didn't help at all. Yeah, I think if you can't, yeah, as you said, Ken, if you can't broadcast it to your home home fans, then what should you be able to do? You shouldn't be able to go and get new fans from further afield. You got to look after your local community first, I reckon, before you can kind of move further afield um which is weird for me saying that seeing as i'm thousands of miles away yeah i mean it's like it's to me it's like running running an organization basics like 101 right like 
if you don't show the games to people who might come to your stadium, how are you going to make money? I don't, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the third and final tweeted question. Anyway, um, Aaron Motes, um, back again, um, after he commented about the Red Bulls game earlier on, um, he asked, since Costa, Acosta is not starting anymore, would it be more effective playing Rooney at the number 10 role with Kamara up top um, if he's fully fit and leaving Ariola on the wing? And I think we briefly mentioned about that um, in the preview game against Toronto. I mean, I, I kind of like that idea. I think that's interesting. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, I mean, if you have to get... If you have to get uh... Kamara on, I think that might be your best option. I don't know, because at that point, you have to leave either Titi Rodriguez or Segura out. Um, and honestly, both of them are playing better than Rooney is, so I don't know. Fair. Um, I mean, if we, what should happen is, when you look at the lineups, you should be basing it on recent form and how they've been playing, so... To me, Rooney just doesn't even get in the side right now, um, as I mentioned earlier. But um, if I mean that's not a bad way of doing it because Rooney's vision when he's on fire is like nobody else's. He can pick a pass and you can see plays happening way before it's actually even begun. Um, so having him a little bit deeper. Um, wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, obviously, you can hit a ball from range and score a goal, which we we all know about as we've seen this season. Um, but it's not a bad thing. And Ariola on the wing, he's got his pace, and we should be using that to its full extent. Um, he has missed quite a few opportunities um, when he's been through on goal. Um, so keeping him away from that and having Rooney on those chances, that could be a better situation. Um, I I'm not against doing it. Let's put it that way. Should I'm we move still. On? Oh, sorry. No, yeah. carry on. Carry on. All I was gonna say, I'm still like living in this uh, very optimistic mindset where you know Wayne kind of comes back and really um, gets into it and starts playing like his old self, and we win the cup, and then he can go, you know, back home with an yeah. MLS cup in DC United's trophy cabinet. So. That that would be the fairy tale, wouldn't it? That would be a hell of a way to send him off. That's uh shall we move on to the voice questions? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so no no knows uh let me hopefully I've got this the right way around. So I'm gonna get the uh, question that's been aimed at you, Sarah, first. Because <laughs> oh, I wanna no. do that. Yeah. Here we go. Hopefully this is the right one. If not, I'm answering the question first because it'll be aimed at me. Here we go. Hi, my question. This is going for um, Sarah. I'm, I'm happy we made up. I'm happy we made up. Um, if DC wins against Toronto, are you ready having the plan of coming to the Bay Apple with us here to come see your team play and lose? I'm just saying because we're very confident, yeah. Because we already know Quincy's coming to New York next season, and <laughs> I, think, I think we're gonna, we're just gonna make um, an obvious. That's Antonio, um, yeah. and Antonio is a New York City FC fan, isn't he? Oh, he is. He is, and he also has his host talk podcast, 
which is all of his great takes. Um, so Antonio, a few things. Definitely glad we made up. You know I care. So I definitely am planning on coming up to New York. However, I think your outline of the plan is a little incorrect. I am not planning on seeing DC United lose in New York, planning on celebrating a victory. And yeah, just hands off our Quincy. Can we kill that right now? Hands off our Quincy. Absolutely. Um, Kent, as a side Uh, note, obviously, because you're in New York. Yeah. Would you you join up with Sarah and go and see DC United win? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know about Yankee Stadium, but I I guess I'll make the sacrifice. Um, Honestly, every time I go to a New York City FC game, it's a pretty bad experience. The fans are quite rude and... Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I will go, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so on on the side note again, um, when we make it to uh, the next round of the playoffs, um, not if, but when, um, it might not actually be played at the Yankee Stadium, mightn't it? It might actually be played elsewhere. Um, Ken, do you want to let the folks know where it might be played just in case the Yankees make their baseball thing? Yeah, so I I, I haven't looked at the, there's like a grid for like what happens, but basically my understanding is that if the Yankees make the World Series, then then New York City FC will have to play in City Field or or something like that. Um, And so, yeah, it might might be at City Field, it might be at Yankee Stadium, Um, both, I mean, I I don't know, but, but yeah. And I heard a rumor as well that it might have been played at Red Bull Arena. No, that's definitely not happening. Fair enough. <laughs> because that, that would have been hilarious. Oh my that God. would be really, really be funny, but it's also impossible <laughs> for people from Manhattan to get there in under an hour and a half, two hours. So, Of course, you know about that as well, don't you? Yeah, it took forever last time I went. <laughs> I think two hours, something like that. It was terrible. That's just... Bismal. I mean, that's, I can't comprehend that. Um, Antonio has uh, a second part to um, his questions, and this one was aimed at me because we had a little bit of a Twitter gif war. Um, here we go. Hi, my question is, um, what do you hate us? I mean, you know, me and Sarah Classy were both team iPhone 11 since we both had it. Hi, Sarah. How's the new iPhone? I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's the best purchase I've ever done. I'm Team Red. I don't know what color you got. I hope you're Team Red. If not, it's cool. We're both Team Apple. Why you hate us? Just join us. I bet young Quincy has an iPhone. Quincy, if you if you listen to this, please tweet at us if you're Team iPhone or Team Android. Uh, team Android. <coughs> Sorry. I almost threw up. Anyway, bye. <laughs> That was brilliant. Um, absolutely chuckled when I heard that earlier. Um, so, first thing, Sarah, are you Team Red on iPhone 11? I am actually. I am not Team Red. I am Team Midnight Green. Oh, en- and no. enjoying. Right, so you've got the no. pro model, have you? I and thank you to my awesome husband for the new phone. 
because I couldn't hear out of my old phone. I was having some trouble. So, so I mean, I, I do like the Midnight Green, if I'm honest. Um, it is a oh, beautiful colour. It's, it's gorgeous. It's It reminds me of British Racing Green. It's that that's how it is. Um, but reason why I'm Team Android and uh, not Team Apple uh, or Team iPhone anyway is I work in the retail mobile industry or cell phone industry as you guys call them over there in America, um, and I have to deal with those things every single day. Um, so I can't say too much because you know. I can't, I'm not allowed to in certain ways, which is weird. But, you know, um, I, I'm just not a big fan of them. Um, I don't like the way they work. I've always used Android. Um, and it's usually the Google handsets, whether it's been the Google Nexus or the Google Pixels. Um, I've tried iPhones. Um, I've just not got along with them. So it's not exactly that I hate them. They're just not for me. And they're not my cup of tea. Um so that's why I am not Team Apple or Team iPhone. Um, there's no hate. It's just not for me. There you go. How was that? That was very diplomatic. Mm. <laughs> Ken, you all right there? No, I'm good. Yeah, that's just interesting. That's all I'll say. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Oh, I want to hear more. No, no, I don't. Have, I think I'm. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point there, James. Thank you. <laughs> That, that, but yeah, honestly, it's it. I've tried them. I'm not a massive fan of them. Um, I like being able to do what I want with my phone. Um, I change the launcher. I change literally pretty much everything about it. Um, I used to go through modding the phone in terms of the software, but I don't do that anymore because there's no need. Um, I love the camera on my phone. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've sold. I've been able to sell pictures with the cam using the camera on my phone. So it is really, really good. Um, there we go. Um, that's the main thing. And I like the size of it. I've got the XL model. It's huge. I've got big hands. And that's where I'm going to leave that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, there we go. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to end on that now. Um, thank you for joining me, Sarah and Ken, once again. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um as always, we'll do the customary uh, outro. Um, Sarah, where can people find you? James, thanks again for having me on. It's always a really big pleasure to talk to you and to talk to Ken. So anyone can find me over at mlsfemale.com. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Kalassi, Instagram, same handle. And I'd love to chat with you. And Ken, where can the good folks who are listening to the show find you? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at DCU underscore soccer. Uh, yeah, uh, I link everything I do from there. So, yeah, follow me there and, yeah. Cool. Um, and also, if you're listening to the show but you're not following um, any of the accounts, um, go ahead and follow on Twitter. It's at DC United Kingdom. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Instagram, sorry, um, at DC United Kingdom FC. And we've also got a website, dcunitedkingdom.com. And if you've enjoyed it, give us the podcast a rating and a review over on iTunes. Um, 
If you want to become an actual DC United Kingdom member like Sarah and Kenna, um, head over to dcunitedkingdom.com forward slash membership. Um, you can become a member. It's free to do so. Um, you can also then um, participate in the end of season awards. We have a Twitter group, um, which is going strong. Um, we've got many, many members now. Um, and just join in the fun. Um, it's always a pleasure to get behind the mic and speak to you guys. Um, I, once again, I hope you enjoyed the show. And until next time, Vamos United.